And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. We got a new episode of the Daily Ding here for you. Make sure y'all subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're live right now. Subscribe to our podcast network wherever you subscribe to podcast networks. I'm Will Guillory, a.k.a. Some Dude from the Athletic. I'm here with my guy, Mo Dekeel, No, a.k.a. No, no. Mr. I'm not, One I'm not More taking thing. that. We're, we're, not, we're not doing Some Dude from the Athletic. <laughs> You want great coverage on the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, man, stop Will it. is stop your it. man. I don't want to hear some dude from The Athletic. You hey, the man, Will, let's not. Uh, no, we, we need a better AKA. We're striving for better. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate the love, my man. We were. Uh, I was looking forward to this because we, we were supposed to have a fun basketball, fun night of basketball. We had one fun game. The second one we'll get to later. The first one, Boston and Philly, 95-86 for the Boston Celtics. Just a crazy game, Mo. Uh, it looked like Boston was out of it. Uh, my man Jason Tatum went from a zero to a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Started off 0 for 10, 1 for 14, ends up going crazy in the fourth quarter. What was it like seeing Boston pull this out and extend the series to seven? It was fascinating because you could kind of just hear through the course of the games the murmurs of Jason Tatum this, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum's oh, yeah. not the guy. Oh, yeah. Jason Tatum doesn't want it. One for 11 on the elimination game. Like you could start to hear all of that through the course of the game. And it wasn't even like the fourth quarter started and Tatum started killing. It really wasn't until like the final three or four minutes where he started to hit some shots. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, he literally went from having a horrible offseason to hero. And now I get to see. Yeah. (laughs) It was going to be rough for him. Brutal. The think pieces. They should build around Jalen Brown instead of Jason Tatum. A million different things we would have heard across the board but i mean more important than that this is a massive loss for the sixers brutal this is devastating horrible horrible i mean it's going 13 points in the fourth quarter i mean tatum had 16 by himself it scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. You had the momentum behind you. Joel and B was flying all over the place, making plays, and they just the, the offense just died in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, I'm not sure what happened. They they just couldn't get a bucket at all. Yeah, is you know, I actually went back and looked at their their last shots after they went up 83 and 80 83 to 81. You know, after a couple of free throws on the uh clear path foul, that was a huge call. And then you just look at it. Look, some of them were good shots, some of them were okay shots, and some of them were bad shots. Some of them were shots that, you know, Embiid has an open three, instead dribbles in to take a pull-up contested two. Like, there were things like that that you're just kind of like, damn, man, like, you got to find, 
You got to find some sort of rhythm. And this one hurts because just a pure chance of being able to finally get to the conference finals in the Embiid era and win this on your home court and, and beat Boston, which is a team that's been a thorn in your side forever, to have blown this opportunity and now have to go to into Boston to win game seven man. to get to get to the conference finals. Like, man, this one just feels not just like a blown opportunity, almost like a blown season just off of that game. And that might you be really extreme for me, but yeah, I mean, no, because I mean, very few people thought Philly was going to win this game. I would say, I think nobody thinks they're going to win game seven in Boston, especially the way Tatum finished this game. Uh, I, you got to really feel for Embiid in particular, because it felt like this was going to be his moment. The guy never got out of the second round yet in his career. This felt like this is the best opportunity he's had uh, to date. Just game six with that crowd behind him. Tatum couldn't buy a bucket. Uh, Jalen Brown literally didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter, which was surprising to me. Uh, but again, I feel like we got to get back to Tatum. Uh, just th at the end of the game, he says, you know, I'm one of the best players in the world. And he proved it just with even because I would say even when he was missing all of those shots initially, I felt like he was doing other stuff to make his impact felt right. He was getting rebounds. He was getting into the paint, blocking some shots on the perimeter. I felt like he remained active. He remained aggressive. And I think that's what allowed him to really break out at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, nine rebounds, six assists on the on the night for him, I think, goes a long way. I think it's it's it it's nice to see. And I actually some people might have problems with the comments afterwards on a night when you go five of twenty one to say you're <laughs> one of the greatest in the world. I'm okay with it. You gotta uh, yeah, want, you it. gotta have that confidence, that short memory and whatnot. You know, some of those threes he was the what the first three he made was a wild one. Which was, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like in Bede's face. But then the next couple were like open looks that you got to take. And I think that's just the the case there. I mean, he saved the day there. It's, it's a wild one. And now, you know, we look forward to game seven. Uh, huge game for both of these teams, obviously. Huge moment uh, and, you know, kind of a, a crossroads for both of these teams, right? With Boston going into their Jalen Brown situation. Philly now with the questions with James Harden and, you know, Doc Rivers. Maybe another series of <laughs> slipping away through his oh, fingers. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, just what are you kind of expecting in this game seven and kind of the repercussions for both of these teams? Yeah, I think this is a massive one because I think when you look at it from the Sixers, you know, playoff ghosts, right? Like James Harden in elimination games does not have the best track record. Um, you know, uh, uh, Doc Rivers blowing series leads does not have the best track record in these instances. <laughs> you know, Joel Embiid never getting out of the second round is it's I mean, it's kind of like this is playoff ghosts like they got to face their demons on this one. And it's incredibly tough. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Boston in Boston. I can't imagine Tatum having as bad a shooting night as he had. Yeah, right. I, I just think I think Boston's going to play better in general. I mean, uh, they're due for – I mean, listen, they shot the ball pretty well from three. I You know, shooting 42%. I still feel like they could even play a little bit better themselves. Uh, this is one of those things like I think game seven, they're toss-ups – I think the home crowd's going to be rocking. I don't know if the Sixers are tough enough to, to to win in Boston Game 7. I know they won two games already in Boston, but a Game 7 one, it, it, it might be different.
Yeah, game servers are different. We know that. And that's why you go get a P.J. Tucker, right? That's why you hope Tobias Harris can pick up where he left off in some of these previous games to bring that toughness that you're talking about. You mean about. one for seven, Tobias Harris? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be extremely difficult to go into Boston and win a game seven. I feel like I got to give a shout out to Marcus Smart as well. He has some good moments in this game. I think he was a big part of why they were able to stay afloat. But again, I mean, Jalen Brown, zero shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, very confusing, and I think that's something that we've got to keep an eye on going into Game 7 as well. Yeah, Boston's got to do a better job keeping him involved. You know, I thought he was doing a good job of getting into the paint and kind of creating for other guys and things like that, but they got to do... I have a problem with their offense and their randomness, as they, they like to call it, yeah. in that sense. I just think they need to find... They need to have a selection of plays they can go to in the fourth quarter to dial up for Brown because he's been too important for them. And for him to just not get any any shot attempts is is a problem in the fourth quarter. Worked out for them. They got a win, and, and, and Tatum came in at the right time. But, man, they're playing with fire with that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The other game that we saw tonight, uh, we won't be seeing the game seven in this series. Hell, we barely saw a game six. <laughs> we barely saw a game six. Me and Mo were texting during the game like, all right, so you want to start like halfway through the second quarter and go ahead and get the ding going? This thing was over basically from the opening tip. I mean, Denver uh, versus Phoenix. I didn't even see the final score. Denver a lot. Phoenix not as much. Uh, <laughs> exactly. it, it was, I mean, the second year in a row, Mo, getting – destroyed in your house in an elimination game. I mean, just a very rough night for the Phoenix Suns. Season comes to end. Obviously, they've got circumstances they're dealing with. Chris Paul out. Uh, DeAndre Ayton being a scratch today after dealing with the rib contusion. But just, man, just a very rough place for the Suns to be tonight when you thought they had a chance to push this thing to seven with the way KD and Book have been performing these playoffs. Yeah, I just think it's a matter of they just did not have enough bodies, right? The trade for KD hurt them in that it hurt their depth. On top of that, you know, then KD goes down, so they don't even get enough time to to get reps with him before the playoffs. I think played a total of eight games for them before the playoffs. And, and you know, that was split with like a couple of games, then twist his ankle on a weird wet spot situation, and then kind of shows up before the end of the season. So this team never really got to figure out the right ways for them to play and how to work. And as plug and play as KD is, and I'm one of those guys that screams it, put KD in any situation, he'll figure it out. They just didn't have enough time to do that. And then you add in the Chris Paul injury. You add in no DeAndre in the night. Although I'll be honest, 
I'm off DeAndre Ayton. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just done uh, with that. I don't think he would have made a big difference for them. Uh, all those nice little finesse touches around the rim aren't going to do anything against Jokic. Um, I just think it was, it was just not enough time. They just simply don't have enough bodies. And I mean, that's how you end up wasting campaign's career night, the night of campaign's life. Oh my ends goodness! With the, ends with their son, their season ending in a. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was going to say. We were talking about them not having enough bodies. They got thirty from campaign in the, in the elimination game. I mean, if I would have told you that before the game, campaign would have gave them thirty. You'd have been like, "Oh, we're going to game seven for sure." There's no doubt. But I think it, it wasn't just the the lack of bodies. It was the amount of you know pressure they put on KD and book every night. It felt like those guys just kind of ran out of gas. You know, towards the end of this series, book. You know, goes, what, four for 13 tonight from the field. KD started off one of 10. Uh, I think just with the lack of, you know, shot creators and just threats on the court, it felt like they had to do so much every single possession that it was a lot uh, to put on them. But I don't want to just talk about Phoenix. We got to give the Denver Nuggets some love here. Getting back to the conference finals, Nikola Jokic, 32 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 12 assists. He made sure he stayed in to get that triple-double oh, at I'm the end of the game. I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. I <laughs> have we'll problems get to that. with <laughs> okay. We'll get to that. Let's talk about just the Nuggets making it here. You know, we talked before the season started about it's not about trophies anymore for Nikola Jokic, right? It's about performing in the playoffs, moving on in the playoffs, and he got it done tonight, getting them back to the Western Conference Finals. I want I want to just kind of correct you real quick. It's about one trophy for Nikola yep. Jokic at this point, the the championship. That's it. The MVP, he's done it twice. He doesn't need it anymore, all of that stuff. But this was an impressive performance across the board. And, and the Nuggets have been the best-looking team throughout the entire playoffs. I don't think that's even arguable. There's no way you can look at any other team and say this has been as consistent as the Nuggets. I mean, they're getting everything they possibly can from Jokic, even though he has to play extra minutes in in, in a massive blowout to make sure they get a triple-double, which I don't understand why. Um, (laughs) But the, you know, Murray's been phenomenal with his shooting. You know, Michael Porter Jr., I want to shout out his defense, his effort defensively and what he's done this entire season defensively and, and, and as kind of a role player is phenomenal. Something I didn't think he had the humility to, to, to do, you know, I thought he wanted, Mo, he used to look lost on that end. Like he had no idea what was going on, but not even that. Do you remember in the bubble used to complain about not getting touches yeah, and things like that? I haven't heard a word from him in that. I don't even remember him even speaking to the media. Maybe that's why he doesn't complain. They don't talk to him anymore, but like (laughs) that, I mean, but I haven't heard anything. Any whispers of there being problems with him or whatnot. That's a lot of like humility right there. And and he's really paying off dividends. Aaron Gordon's been awesome. Bruce Brown, KCP. I mean, just Christian Brown, like across the board, this team is just deep. And you look at them and you're like, man, I don't see it. I don't know if a team in the West can beat them. I think they'll have a challenge next, next series, either the Lakers or the Warriors, but the Nuggets are just really solid. Yeah, and I think that's the big story for them through these first two rounds. I think back in March, April, we were talking like, man, can they put, you know, seven guys in a rotation and feel comfortable about it? You know, can Mike Malone, Michael Malone find a way to put some bench units out there that'll just be productive? And like you mentioned that KCP was huge tonight. Bruce Brown has been massive throughout the playoffs. Christian Brown giving them quality minutes. So his rookie season coming off the bench, I think it's not, what's really been impressive with them is not just 
Jokic putting up huge numbers. And, of course, he's been playing at an MVP level. But they're getting contributions from everybody. And when they're playing that way, uh, they're really dangerous. And I think, you know, going into the next round, uh, you got to feel like they have a really good chance, whether they're playing the Warriors or the Lakers, to make it through and make it to the finals. I I guess how do you feel about their chances in that next round? I mean – Look, you the star power and the name power is on the other side. But honestly, this team has looked the best throughout the playoffs. I'm, you know, I if I Mia Copa, I had to start I, I probably wasn't a Nuggets believer even when the playoffs started. And oh, now, I, w- I definitely wasn't. And 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 now I'm just at the point like I don't know if these other teams can stop them. I know there are things that they can do to make things difficult. For the life of the Nuggets, I know they can make it a lot more challenging and whatnot. And I know the Suns are massively depleted and really are just a two-man team. But man, this the, the way the the Nuggets take care of business, the way they play through Jokic, and they have the continuity and understanding of what they want to do offensively and defensively. That's a tough team to beat, man. And they just they're just a well-oiled machine on offense. It feels like even when they have a few minutes where they they kind of slow down. Then you know it's just like man, they just get it rolling again, and I think that's what's so tough about them. They, you can never feel comfortable when you feel like you get a few stops. They just keep it rolling one more time. And even though he lost his voice, Michael Malone has done a phenomenal <laughs> job with this team, no doubt. And, and and can they just get him a damn cough drop for the love of God? Please. Like these, get just, the just, tea. Like seriously, man. <laughs> like what are we doing here? Like his his voice was just gone. Like I felt like I lost my voice listening to him in that in in those timeouts and things like that. But he's just done a great job, masterful in everything that he's done. I wish he did take Jokic out a little earlier. We just don't need to play with the injury bug here a little bit. I, I think mean that's the, important. The Suns were playing with their backups for like four minutes before Jokic came out of the game. Well, I mean, it's hilarious. I think you and I tweeted the exact same thing. Same thing at the end of the game. Like, what is going on here? And everybody's like, "Oh, Malone's old school or whatever." I said, "No. If the if Jokic gets hurt, Malone's an idiot." And we're and gonna. He have, had a moment right yeah. earlier in the game where he uh, what caught a knee to the side of his knee or something like that. He, a knee to the thigh, a little bit of like a uh, which was thankfully not serious. And and I don't want anybody to get hurt. We want the playoffs to re- remain go off with a hitch. But you just got to pull your guys at that point. And I mean, it, it should have been everybody. It should have been the bench unit in the last, you know, six minutes, seven minutes. I was just like, why is Jokic still in the game? Like, what are we doing here? Um, chasing a triple double that's really meaningless in the playoffs is is, is something that uh, I just wish they didn't do. But overall, the job him and the Denver Nuggets have done just absolutely masterful. Yeah, let's now let's get to Phoenix. You know, their season's over. Uh, going to be a very interesting offseason for this group. Uh, questions about Chris Paul, questions about DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I guess just how do you feel going into the offseason, what this team needs to do? Obviously, they're heavily invested in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as their big two. I think beyond that, uh, we don't have really any guarantees about what this roster is going to look like, but we know uh, they got to make some massive improvements to get some role players around those guys. Uh, uh, just to look better in these type of series. Yeah, I think James Jones has a real tough job on his hands right now. We know CP's contract's not fully guaranteed, but you have to make that decision. I think by like June 30th, like I, I, I it's going to come very quick if you're going to make that a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, honestly, I think everything's on the table except for KD and Booker. And I'll just say this because I think some people are going to already kind of throw it out there. Uh, I don't think you can put this on Monty again. He barely had a roster yeah, for this entire I mean, playoffs. Like I, that's a tough one 
to put on the coach. So um, James Jones is going to have to get creative with what they do. I'll be shocked if DeAndre ends the sun next year. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think if you're going to build out the depth, I mean, that's the guy you would use to kind of turn that contract into two or three guys, right? I think that's the best route just to add some depth. Uh, but the question is just how many teams are going to be lining up to invest in the center making that much money, right? Uh, I think that's the big question. Yeah, I, I listen, it, it was signed. It was a contract offered by the Pacers. I think you'll you'll find places that uh, will have interest in him. Listen, the draft lotteries next week. Once a couple of teams know that they're not going to be getting the generational center, they might be in the market of of okay, well, let's get DeAndre Ayton, who was a former number one pick. Um, whether he plays like that or not, it's a different story. But at least you get to say, hey, we got the number one pick from a few years ago. Uh, I it'll be interesting there uh, with that, and he does have a lot of money, and it is a large contract. But I just can't. I think if they could turn that contract into two or three really good rotation players for them, that helps. And and then figuring out what they're going to do with Chris Paul is probably the next thing. Yeah, I guess what would you do with Chris Paul? Because uh, another postseason where, you know, he's hindered by injuries, he's not getting any younger. Like you said, a non-guaranteed contract for the next couple of years. I, I know a lot of people will kind of circle that spot and say, man, I wish I can get a different point guard. Uh, but I don't know if there are a lot of options out there where you can upgrade that spot. I guess how do you feel about that? It's really a difficult and delicate situation. I think the honest thing is you. I probably would just – not i'd probably waive him pay the the guaranteed amount and then go from there because i don't i try to trade him if i could and if there's an offer out there and and maybe there's a team that's willing to kind of take him on and then waive him themselves so that they can kind of get off the money but i don't know if cap space is what it used to be like you remember the old days man just like hey go 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 hand him to the team so they could clear cap space or whatnot i mean maybe that's the case i don't know it's gonna be a uh uh interesting offseason in terms of how they do it. I just think it's very hard. You can't rely on him. He's great, but you can't rely on him. And more importantly, this Suns team needs to play faster. If there's one thing we saw yeah, in the Suns, that's what we saw. they need to play faster. And, and CP's not a fast point guard. You know, and I think that's just not, he's not going to be the right guy for this group. They need a guy that could speed them up and help them go up and down. And also, be able to play through three or four playoff series. And I don't know if Chris Paul is going to be able to be that guy anymore. Yeah, and you need some more three-point shooting, right? If your team's built around three dudes who want to shoot mid-range jumpers all day, it's going to be very difficult just to keep up with some of these teams who can make 15, 17, 19 threes in these games. Uh, so I think you got to find a way to spice up this offense. Like you said, get some, some younger legs in there. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is the year where you get rid of Chris Paul. Uh, but I think for sure we're going to see some moves with that Phoenix team this offseason. But uh, just congratulations, man, to that Denver team and, and pulling it off. A lot, a lot of people doubted them, including me. So I got to give them respect moving on. And, and now they're, they're going to you know, have a lot of people picking them to go to the finals here. Uh, so, yeah, Mo, I appreciate you doing this with me tonight, man. Uh, go ahead and sign us out. All right. Thank you, everybody. Ding, ding.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.